0: I'm Josh Swartz. And I'm William Millingworth. Host of the High Tech Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Coming
1: up on episode 122 of Podcast PD, we are talking with the authors of Inclusive Learning 365, EdTech Strategies for Every Day of the Year. Let's start the show. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day, except you're going to have more fun with AJ Bianco and me, Chris Nessie. Let's start the show. What is up, Podcast PD people? It is Sunday, June 26th, 2022. My name is Chris Nessie, and I am joined, as always, by my podcast paisano, AJ Bianco. What's it's up, the, buddy?
2: It's the wrong show for that one, Christopher. It's
1: you are still show. my podcast paisano. It's true.
2: So it's true. Roll. It is true. Hello out there, podcast world. It's good to be back recording. we got a great show for y'all tonight, so why don't we just get going, Chris? Talk to me. What's going on with your world?
1: Uh, I had a great time yesterday. I went to one of my <laughs> best friends in the whole world's world. So we got to celebrate your 40th birthday.
2: Thank you. Let's keep shouting that out.
1: Keep shouting it out. Hey, I'm 41, so whatever. It's
2: true. All right, you win. <laughs> yes, we had a wonderful time. Played a little cornhole, played wiffle ball.
1: Wait, time out. Yeah. I played cornhole. I don't know what you and your friends were trying to do.
2: Win. Me and my friends just kept winning. Remember that? I was the guy who didn't leave the cornhole area.
1: Yeah, you were, you were fired up we were to win up. In a meaningless game of cornhole. Hey. It's competitive. Hey, but here's what was good. The weather was good. Beautiful. People got along with each other. True. And as we were driving home yesterday, I said to my wife, Caitlin, I said, you know, I haven't actually seen AJ in person hmm. since Ed Camp, New Jersey, 2019.
2: 2019. Correct.
1: That's the last time we embraced. <laughs> and I wanted to throw you in the pool yesterday. You but sure did. Your wife did not. My wife along.
2: is a superstar. and I appreciate <laughs> that.
1: But it was fun. It was great to uh, to hang out with you and, and the fam and some friends.
2: Yeah, it was good. We'll do do it again sometime soon.
1: Absolutely. Except you're going to come to my house, so I, I don't have to drive an hour and a half.
2: That's true. And then I'm going to get in the softball field with you, right?
1: Absolutely. That's I pitched what we're today. Do. I baked. I was like a overstuffed Italian sausage cooking on the pitcher's mound. There
2: you go. Uh-huh. I like
1: it. Real quick, if you're listening to this, uh, we're doing a couple. Of, well, we're doing one new thing tonight, so we are on Facebook, we are on YouTube, we are on Twitter, uh, but we're on Twitter twice. I'm also streaming this to a Twitter space, which I'm having a lot of fun with of late, and it's stupid easy not to live stream it with my setup. So if you're joining us on Twitter spaces, and at some point maybe you want to raise your hand, ask a question, get involved with the show, please feel free. Uh, And also, if you're watching on YouTube or anywhere else and you want to get involved with tonight's program, go to podcastpd.com slash join. And we want to give a quick shout out to one of our executive producers, Miss Stephanie Scrocky. Hello, and happy summer to you.
2: Happy summer. Mm.
1: All right. We're going to raise up the curtain, bring out the guests, put out the fine china, all those good things. And we are excited tonight to welcome the authors of Inclusive 365. They're joining us right now. And tonight we are joined by Mr. Chris Bouguet. He is a founding member of the assistive technology team for Loudoun County Public Schools. We have with us Karen Janowski. She is an assistive and inclusive technology consultant and a former adjunct professor at Simmons College in Boston. AJ and I will not say ill things about Beantown. We're Yankee fans, just putting it out there.
3: And we're joined
1: by the incomparable Mike Murata. Mike is an assistive technology professional certified by the Rehabilitation Engineering and Assistive Technology Society of America. He's a friend of ours. He hails from the great state of New Jersey and... uh We appreciate him dearly. And we are joined by Beth Poss, who has worked as a speech, speech, easy for me to speech about, a speech and language pathologist, technology consultant, curriculum writer, and a school administrator. Welcome, Inclusive 365 team. Great
3: to be here. Thanks for having us. Hey, happy birthday, AJ. Yes,
1: happy
0: birthday.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. And
0: all I know is when that when that party switches to Chris's house, I'm saying I'm only like 20 minutes away from Chris's house is what I'm saying.
2: We can make it happen.
0: Cornhole. And I'm, I I might be better than AJ's friends, maybe. Probably. Mike, you, you are welcome. We, we've done the coffee EDU
1: thing. You know, just reach out and I'll be happy to invite you over. That's kind of my thing. I
0: That's had another cool.
1: listener over to my house. I cooked for him. So you come over. I'm going to feed you. All right. That sounds good. I'll take it.
3: <laughs> will you take a Bostonian too?
1: Yes, I will feed you. As well. <laughs> We're, we won't talk baseball but i'll be happy to talk new york giants
0: football with you i agree chris oh, any day we can talk that with karen <laughs> sure. awesome
1: so also real quick I want to shout out mel a she's in the southern hemisphere she's hanging out with us tonight and we appreciate her coming out as well now you all a you wrote a book but b did you really take a real road trip from all parts of the u.s down to Nollins? We did. Yeah, we did.
4: We did. We, we got into New Orleans last night. We, Karen started Thursday morning in
3: uh, just north, Boston. Just north of Boston and left around quarter of eight in the morning, headed right into traffic, but then I picked up Mike at, at uh, Newark Airport. Newark Airport. <laughs> we headed on down, picked up Beth and, and Chris in, in uh, Virginia, and continued on the way. We had a blast. Stopped at so many fun places and made a lot of connections to inclusive learning along the way.
4: Yeah, we stopped at dinosaur kingdom two. Yeah. Two. That's critical.
0: Two. <laughs> two. We okay, won't talk dinosaur about dinosaur oh, All right. We won't talk about <laughs> dinosaur kingdom one. <laughs> it's, it's, it's two <laughs> is the key. <game. laughs> so but it was super fun. Yeah.
1: What, what was, was the point of the road trip to just all get to ISTE at the same time or was there something bigger at play here?
3: We really wanted to make connections and really um, make a a splash and be a force around spreading the word about inclusive learning. And we thought doing something as imaginative and creative as a road trip would, would, um, you know, would pique people's interest and they'd follow along. And we made a lot of, we had a lot of photo ops. And uh, if you, I would encourage people if they haven't, follow the hashtag, hashtag inclusive road to ISTE. There's a lot of fun stuff that's posted When we are done, I'm going to go check it out. Yeah, you have
4: to. Yeah, it's the idea, like, when school's out, the learning doesn't stop, and actually the learning might be even more engaging. And whether it's a road trip to the ice cream shop in town or whether it's a road trip from Boston to New Orleans, that there's there's inclusive learning opportunities everywhere you go.
5: A quick example is we stopped at uh, some places where you might see monuments along the road, right? and we whipped out our phones and used some different uh, applications to take that inaccessible text. Imagine you were blind or just had um, trouble reading the text on these plaques, but the technology could maybe read it to you or help you decode the text. So we whipped out some of those, showed off some of those technologies, just as
0: one example of something you could do on the road or on the fly. And we have really nice conversations with people as we went along. And How many people did we see that were in education or former educators who were out on the road also? And, you know, we had magnets all over our cars, so we were a bit of a spectacle as we rolled in places, and we had signs and whatnot. So, like I said, we were a bit of a spectacle. Um, And people would come over and we would chat about things, about education and what were we doing and and the value of thinking about learning that reaches every student.
1: I I mean, I love all of this, um, but something I would want to ask is, is this going to be your thing as a group now? Like, will you drive to ISTE in coming years? Are you going to hit the road and hit up other conferences that you all are going to be attending?
3: Well, next year, yeah. yeah we, a
1: had a,
4: we had a little help with this from an amazing company called text help. So, um, you know, yeah, me, the answer yeah, is yeah, maybe yeah. if somebody okay. wants to help us on a road trip, it was, fun. Think- I mean, it was things like we stopped at a falls and, you know, falling for inclusive educational practices, right? It was as many puns as we could possibly get in there. We did. Yeah.
0: The dad jokes were flowing just yeah. like the river at the waterfall. <laughs> it was good stuff.
3: And one of the things your audience might be wondering is, are they still friends after the, <laughs> all that time in the car? And we absolutely are.
1: Wait, wait. I don't think
0: people are.
3: Aren't we? Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> and you know, what? and it's it's always interesting. I think we're doing the road trip the right way in that this was a one way road trip. We're all flying. You're back. All right, just... <laughs> we'll just leave the car on the side of the road somewhere yes. and just fly home.
1: <laughs> well, I think that hints at my next question was Was it a rental
0: or did we abuse somebody's personal vehicle? It was a rental, so we could leave it on the side of the rental rental car. You can do whatever you want. You leave it right on the side of the road. You know, yeah, jump some
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nice now. Since you are all at ISTE and you are in New Orleans, uh, what is your agenda for this week? What are you going to be doing all at ISTE?
4: Well, today we just had an amazing session. It was actually Chris's session called Cards Against Exclusivity. And so if you've ever played Apples to Apples or Cards Against Humanity, it's very much that style. Um, and we just like literally grabbed people as they were walking by, got them to join teams. And then Chris has put together this amazing learning experience. And I'll let you describe maybe a smidge more about yeah, it. Yeah, So it's
5: like people get in teams, they get cards that uh, five cards and there's like a the deck of cards that I created has over 300 different tools, resources, strategies. They get five random cards and then a scenario goes up on the screen, like pick a tool or resource that might help someone decode text or, and then the next scenario might be composed thoughts or something that might help with math or whatever the, the case might be. One goes up at a time. The team picks from their five cards which one might match that scenario the best. And then the team of celebrity judges, which was Mike, Karen, and Beth, got to choose which card they thought best matched that scenario. And uh, it was a lot of fun. A lot of people. There was one team, Karen, what was that team that, like, they did, They just met there at Italy. Oh, yeah,
3: they just did. There was just... a team. Actually, there were a couple teams yeah, a couple. that they never met before, and they were collaborating and sharing. And at the end of it, they said, we learned so much. This was so much fun. And they, it was just great to see how they were thinking. They were sharing mm-hmm. their thoughts. It was really exciting to see. Yeah. yeah.
5: But I think the real thing that was really exciting besides just the cards against the exclusivity, which was first, is that the book is the first time it's been out in the place where a person can buy it, like off the shelf. Exactly. So getting a picture with all four authors right nice. there. Yes. Was fantastic! Thank yeah. you, Chris. <laughs> and
4: watching people buy our book in the bookstore, it was like, oh, you know, it was a real it was a bit of a surreal experience. And, and they good that you said
1: it. people and not, we saw one person buy our book.
4: No, no people. Like, people. Yeah, yeah
1: people.
5: And we walked over, there was like a line of people by the book, um, just kind of talking about it, flipping through it, and we're sort of standing behind them going, oh my God, are they going to buy it? Are they going give any
0: questions? <laughs> I want to point out, Chris, not in a creepy way at all, were we standing behind them. We were just kind of loitering silently behind them.
1: <laughs> and then was it like, oh, wow. Did you then stand there like, do you recognize me? Like my pictures in the book you just bought? You
0: hold your name badge up and you point yeah. to the book and then your name badge. And we did sign a couple of books right at the right at the checkout in the bookstore, which is pretty awesome.
1: Nice. Now, I I mine is not an autograph copy, but I won't complain about that,
0: Chris. I'm Sorry. telling you that barbecue with cornhole,
5: you can get at least one. <laughs> Chris, it's growth mindset. It's not an autographed It's not an autograph copy yet. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> okay, so why don't we dive? into the book now i could waste time and say why did you write the book but it's written i'm glad it's out there so we know that there was a need i'm also not going to ask you guys about how did you write the book because obviously you like typed it up so let's get into it (laughs) why should a actually let me back up i've done this before who is this book written for in education right
3: So, so Chris, let me ask you, have you ever encountered a situation where you're presenting instructional material or, or working with um, learners and it's just not working for whatever reason that they aren't understanding? They're not able to independently decode the text. They can't demonstrate what they know without support. You might have kids on IEPs in your, in your classroom. You might have multilingual learners. You have kids from different backgrounds and they just aren't getting it. Well, th- those educators are the ones who we wrote the book for, and we actually believe that that is every educator. We believe every educator needs to to need some strategies to help them better adopt an inclusive mindset and also implement excellent and design excellent um, inclusive learning experiences. So we wrote it for everyone. My next question,
1: so we're using this
3: term inclusive
1: and Mike and I have had conversations about assistive technology. Is there a difference between inclusive mm-hmm. learning and assistive learning and assistive technology or is we talking about synonyms?
4: Yes and no, right? Like it's it's a multi-layered answer, right? Assistive technology is re, students require that based on their individualized education plan. But what might be assistive technology for one learner might be just a really good learning tool for another learner who doesn't require it based on their IEP, right? So text-to-speech is a great example. You might have a student with an IEP who requires, who has on their IEP, text-to-speech as um, a support, as an accommodation. However, we know that multilingual learners may really benefit from being able to hear text read aloud. That students who are um, looking to tackle more challenging reading um, and want to read something above grade level may really benefit from having access to text-to-speech to to help them read a word that is, is more difficult for them. We know that um, a student who is writing, like how many of you have written something? When you read it back, you like read your paper back. It looks exactly the way it's supposed to. But if you heard it, you would catch all the errors. So those are all ways that text-to-speech is going to support learners of all, of all different abilities, right? Of, of all different needs. Um, and so what might be assistive technology for one is inclusive technology for other. And when it's provided to all learners... Then the student who requires it doesn't look any different from their peers. The technology is readily available to them. And it's more likely that they're going to have success with that technology resource because of that.
0: Chris, I also think, and I, when I heard you guys in the intro mentioning that when the last time you probably saw each other in person was at Camp New Jersey, I think that's probably the last time we all saw each other. Uh, and yes. I always think back to the right. I always think back to those conversations when we're in those mm. sessions, and uh, you know whether it's one of us leading a session or just all of us joining in. There, there's many times I, I feel like the thrust of any time I share those things is like, look, these are things that could help everyone, and and I, I always know that I, whenever we do those at uh, the head camps, never do I use that word assistive technology because I want people to understand the power of these tools for. All the different learners they're they're working with and they're providing learning experiences for. Uh, and I think that's so powerful. And when Karen says this idea of the book being for everyone, you know, we all know Chris, AJ, we all know this idea that we have so much technology in the classrooms now. Um, it's not about getting more technology. It's about thinking about creative ways to use what we have. Uh, and I think that's a really powerful thing in the book when we look at the index. Probably the tools with the most mentions in the book are the tools that everyone has. It's Google tools, it's Microsoft tools, it's the things in your phone. Uh, and I think there is a real power to that to remind people that this is not complicated and hard and expensive. To do. These are things that we can do with what we have. I might add too that uh, it's funny how you
5: asked the question and then changed it. Like, well, I won't ask you how you wrote the book, but actually, some of us might have done, used our voice to type some of the text in. Others might have used their fingers. Um, others might have written something on an iPad or others were using a Chromebook. And we made a very intentional choice when we started to write the book to make it about in 365 inclusive strategies. So the tools that Mike is mentioning right. here are in the pages of the book, but they're secondary to the mm-hmm. strategy that comes first. Okay. Really... Uh, helping teachers by the time, or educators in general, by the time they're done with the book and they've they've experienced all 366, there's actually more than 365 (laughs) in the book, their mindset might change to be more flexible in thinking about how they can use this for everybody.
2: So so I'm wondering, when we talk about the different ways to do this, right, how do we sell this to teachers? Because as we've seen technology shift and the mindset shift and you know, teachers are now kind of afraid of technology. Overusing technology, they want to go back to their old ways. How do you sell this to the teachers who are saying, "Well, I have enough technology. I don't. I don't need all of this. This is this is just too much." What What do you say to those folks?
5: I was going to say, "I need your glasses back, please. You're not allowed to use that technology, right? You don't go back. You go forward, and you use the technology." I think maybe the one way to make it practical is um, to look at the accommodations that might already be in a student's or in a learner's IEP. And use that as a roadmap for inclusion. So um, taking, so for instance, touchscreens, right? 15 years ago, people who were focused on assistive technology, well, we put touchscreens on people's computers. And now it's something we all use. We used to do something with, uh, called uh, speech to text, right? With a specialized software that only some students get. And now everyone uses that on their phone. So when it, uh, advice we might give to an educator is, just look at the accommodations on a student's IEP and use that to design for everybody. How can I make these accommodations just available to every person as an option?
4: And, and it's also not about forcing a particular technology upon educators or learners. It's about offering choice. And so there might be um, a tool or a strategy that is um, appealing to, to one learner that is going to be different. I, I might my own daughter, she prefers to read a book, book, right? But uh, my other daughter prefers to listen to text, right? She prefers to hear an audio book. And I um, have gotten to the point where I prefer to read something on my Kindle or my iPad because my eyes are getting old and I can change the brightness and I can enlarge the font, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can set it. So we all can have that, right? When we provide choices and options, um, it's not like you must do this this way. It's that there is multiple ways that learners can engage with the resources that they have available to them. And if we go back to, I know, like Karen, if we go back to Twotty, right?
3: That's the way we've always done it has never worked. It's really time to change because one size never fit all. And AJ, to go back to your question too, I think one of the things, if we can encourage educators to reflect on their practice and to say, am I, am I really reaching all of the learners in, in my learning situation, whether a classroom or whatever it is? Am I reaching all of them? And is there something that I can do that would be more effective? So I can replace something, a strategy, I can replace a less effective strategy with something that will reach more learners because we have to recognize learner variability and acknowledge it and, um, And realize that, again, one size never fit all.
1: I think the other thing to note about the book is what the book is not is a directory of 366 tools. Right. We want to focus on this idea of strategy. So I'm sure there is a set number of tools, but you guys have come up with some creative, inclusive ways that teachers can use the tools in their classrooms. So,
3: Chris, you get it. How can we impact more educators? You and AJ get it. What do you, how do you think? I mean, we we discuss this all the time, and we absolutely believe that uh, this should be in the, in the hands of every educator. What do you think we need to do?
1: Don't stop talking about this.
3: No, we I don't.
1: Mean, not, the, the, the <laughs> well,
3: that's
1: we. check. Mike might know, and AJ will know where this is coming from, but... Where is the inclusive learning podcast where, I mean, I'm not even going to say it's a daily show for 366 episodes, but if you did one episode for each of these and you did it weekly or every two weeks, you've got some more content out there, Mm -hmm. right? So the more ways, like you're saying how we reach our students, there's more than one way to reach our kids in a lesson. There's more than one way to reach teachers worldwide with what you guys are passionate about and what we get and what a lot of people will get and understand. So my answer is always podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that yeah, that, yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: I love that idea. Yeah. And, and, and the other cool.
1: thing that, that I thought of while you guys were you know, talking about this was one of the first things that Mike taught me. And this might go back to the conversation we had on house of ed tech a number of years ago, where assistive technology doesn't mean it's literally a wet, uh, uh, <laughs> an app, uh, some sort of electronic tool. It might be a rubber band, a pencil. It's not, exactly. doesn't have to have electricity running through it to help right. you learn. If it, I believe it, And Mike, I'm going to put words in your mouth. If it helps you learn, it's assistive
0: technology. And and thinking about that idea. And, and that's like Chris said, how we kind of switched this, the mindset of, of let's, let's not talk about more tools. You know, like AJ said, we, we have a bunch of stuff in the rooms already. Um, I love being able to talk to someone who says, man, I just can't learn another thing. Okay, and and I think we all have been very respectful of teachers and that kind of experience this past year. I get it. You can't learn another thing. But could you use something a little differently that you already know? And that's that power of the strategy versus the tool. When you say I want to teach you 365 tools, that does not sound great for a lot of people. But if you say, I want to teach you some strategies that you could apply across the learning experiences and maybe, and as you held the book up before, Chris, thank you, um, the way it's broken up is this is not a book you read from page one to page 365. Um, This is something you can come in and out of as a need arises uh, and find a way to apply this information quickly um, to see real change in your practice.
3: And I think also... We don't have to always be the experts ourselves as the adults in the room. How about if we unleash some of these things on our learners and give them the opportunity? I worked with a, a learner last week. She's going to be a senior in high school. And I was so impressed because she taught herself from a TikTok video how to color code and label the, the um, Chrome tab so she could group them. No teach. She has sig- significant executive function issues, but she taught herself that strategy of keeping herself organized. And as she completed activity, if she completed assignments, she would close those tabs. And it was all she taught herself. And I said, can you please share with your, your you know, your, your fellow, your peers, because this is really an awesome strategy for them to know about.
4: And yes. then this, yes. this yes. learner empowered herself yes. and then she could potentially empower her peers um, and, and take control of their own learning.
1: Exactly. You hear that, everybody? AJ, you can learn on TikTok.
4: I was just about to say that
1: too. That said it nicely,
0: so I didn't say it. But yeah, how many people, you know, how many people would we potentially interact with that said, no, I don't want to talk about TikTok at all. That's not, that's not appropriate. The story Karen described there, it couldn't be more appropriate for a learner. And um, that's a great example of using that. Let me also throw out the inclusive 365 TikTok account that been, <laughs> you didn't throw out. If only we were driving home, we could get it really loaded up with a bunch of stuff.
1: <laughs> and the moves that Mike would do on TikTok. Oh, man.
0: I'm telling you, if you're trying to get a move out of me to see if I can be invited to your house, I'll I'll break one out right now.
1: <laughs> you, you'll be at EdTech Karaoke, I'm sure, this week. Excellent. Very
0: good. I like the sounds <laughs> of this. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, you know, I think one of the things you, you asked the question... What do you have to keep doing? I think just show how simple it is. You mentioned some of those things right there with tech, with TikTok and the technology and all that the students can do themselves. You know, the, you talk about reflection and, and teachers ask themselves, you know, am I reaching all learners? And I feel like a lot of our teachers are, are saying, no, I'm not reaching all learners, but you know what? Maybe next year I will. So they kind of throw their hands up, not sure exactly what to do. Um, but I think if you show how simple, just, including anything into a lesson plan is I think that that's the selling point right there. Uh, I, I think it's very easy to just say, I don't know it. I don't want to know it. I'm already burdened with everything else. You know, maybe you could show me next year at a PD or maybe somebody else can show me, you know, keeping it simple is what's really important right now for everybody.
5: One of the things we stress is, um, the idea of flexibility, like if, if, if an educator needed to take a step in the direction of being more inclusive, it'd be become more flexible. And one way to become more flexible is to actually physically change your learning environment. So if there's a way to just say, you know what, next year I'm going to have seats that are low, seats that are middle and suits that are high. I'm going to invite people to have flexible learning spaces. Is there a lamp I can bring in that'll change the lighting? These are simple, but uh, very tangible things that someone could do. And once their learning space is more flexible, in the same way that maybe Beth was standing when she was writing the book, and Karen mm-hmm. was sitting, and Mike was on his bed, or whatever. We, and in fact, didn't that happen during emergency distance learning, where people were all over the place and they learned from different places? Let's take that moving forward, not going back. And then the next thing people say is, okay, if I've made my environment more flexible, how can else? What else can I design? Part of the what else about my learning experience can I design to be more flexible?
4: I like to talk sometimes when I'm talking to educators, I'll use the term low hanging fruit. Like what is something that you can, Mm -hmm. we know educators are stressed and it has been, if two years ago was challenging this past year, people didn't realize like it was as challenging or more, right? Coming back from virtual learning was really, really difficult. And so what is one easy thing that you can change and not, Add, but replace, right? But pick the easy thing. You don't have to challenge yourself to do the hard. Pick the easy thing because then that next, that next, that next fruit's going to drop a little lower, right? The one that was way up there in the tree, those branches are going to are going to fall a little bit lower. It's going to get a little bit closer to the ground. So as you, until you realize, like, hey, you know, I've gotten up to this thing that was was tough for me. So I, I always challenge educators to say, don't you don't have to do the hard thing. What's the one easy thing you can change that you can go and change tomorrow?
1: Love the idea of the low hanging fruit. It's kind of how I live my life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got a question in the chat and it's actually in line with where I wanted to go next. And this comes from uh, Kevin Carroll. What level is the book geared towards thinking
0: about getting this book for my staff to start the year? And Kevin is a high school principal.
4: Mike, you want to take this? Kevin, that's a
0: great question. Kevin, I'm going to see you over at Chris's house for cornhole. I love that question. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. uh, You know what, Kevin? The answer is yes. It's geared for every level. And I think that's the beauty of it. It, It's about this concept of seeing a strategy in action in a learning space that can be used across all of the grades. Uh, And so I think it is it is. Definitely well within the scope of high school teachers and giving them those opportunities to think a little differently about their classroom. When we
4: wrote the book, we very purposely organized it across different content areas as opposed to grade levels Mm -hmm. or skill levels. So there's a section that's cross content. There's a section that's on writing, a section on reading, a section on um, STEAM. So science, technology, engineering, arts, mathematics. A section on executive function, social, emotional and professional development, um, because we we didn't want to pigeonhole a strategy for a particular grade level. So there really is an application for just about everything in there to be done across a variety of grade levels. And and honestly, there's a lot of things in there that are we put in as strategies that weren't necessarily like professional learning strategies but that we put in there because we all use
3: them ourselves, right? So like appropriate for those adult learners as well. Mm -hmm. I hope, yeah, did that answer your question, Kevin? Because we really do believe that it is geared towards all grade levels and uh, educators at every level. And um, there are a number of strategies that would be very effective for your teachers at your high school. We hope that you, I mean, and reach out to us. We'd be more than happy to um, do a book study or do a a webinar or call in or anything. We would love to help you because we feel so strongly and passionately about getting this into the hands of every educator because we believe this will support every learner.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say, (laughs) I'm mumbling to Chris in the back row here in the peanut gallery. Uh, I also say, Kevin, another thing that we we purposely did is um, as we constructed those Um, Oh, good. That helped. Awesome. Kevin, great. Um, Then I won't tell you the rest. No, of course, I'll tell you the rest. How funny is that? Well, all right. No, never mind. Um, Also, every strategy page links back to the ISTE standards, So your educators can start to see how that applies to their learning environment, regardless of the grade that they are um, teaching. Each page also has a QR code that takes you to an individual website that has every
5: URL on that page. So, that you don't have to type it in one letter at a time, scan the QR code, hit the link, and boom, you're there exploring the different resources that are in each strategy. We also have an index. Index, indices, indices, I don't know a couple of them. Yeah, um, that is, well, one is specifically written from the standpoint or organized from the standpoint of a tool. So you could look up, well, OK, we're a Microsoft district or a Chrome district. OK, well, you could look up those tools and find
0: out where all the pages are or all the strategies that are referenced by those particular tools. And that goes back to AJ's idea, a uh, question of people not having kind of the bandwidth to learn something new. So, AJ, if if an educator says, hey, I really just like using Google Docs, great. Here's a bunch of different ways you can use it that you might not have ever thought of.
2: What was your question, Chris? You're on on something.
0: They they
1: addressed it. I was going to ask them, you know, actually, you know what? I, I will still ask my question. I will shift it slightly. Could you guys give maybe a favorite strategy that would be great for the elementary teacher, the middle school teacher? the high school teacher?
3: Well, what we always say, Chris, is it always, it depends. It depends. What is it? Where is the challenge? And because you want to start, you have a starting place, but um, one one of our favorite strategies, I have to say, for all levels is strategy three. And what you're doing is how you are designing for inclusivity. And so it gives you a checklist. So that actually could work across all grade levels. But it really does depend. What is it? Where's the struggle for your learners? What do they need to what do they need to be able to do that is challenging for them? What, what's Chris? We're searching like for the
5: book. book. <laughs> I like... love this. Here's, here's, here's here, just to give an example. Uh, AJ, give us a number between one and 30, 100. Give us a number between one and 365. And then Sixth. you tell us what grade level it's for. Right. Ready? S- 16, yeah.
2: 16. 16.
0: Uh, seventh
2: right. grade.
5: Well so so we'll tell you first, first we'll read, it? read it, we'll read it and then you tell us what grade level it's called. Oh, gotcha. Sorry. Okay. So 16, you ready? It's called Collaborative Problem Solving Using Virtual Escape Rooms. Okay. So could you do a virtual escape room at elementary level? Yes. Yeah, could you do much. it in middle school? Yeah. Yes. Could you do it high school? Yes. Could you do it as a um homeschooler with your buddies that you got together in a
1: homeschool environment? No, because homeschools are bad. No, I'm kidding. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. Could you do it as a professional learning experience
5: for adult learners? Yes. This is exactly the point that we're trying to get at with Kevin's Kevin's Kevin, question yep. is that it doesn't, it's not based on grade level, Is that the strategies work for anybody. Chris, your turn. Give us a give us a page number.
1: Uh,
5: 122. 122 puts us my! That was, oh my, oh my was right. impressive. That's that was amazing. Yeah. Okay. This is summarizing text to support comprehension. Anyone want to take a stab at describing what that is? (laughs) Summarizing (laughs) text to support comprehension. So imagine you take TLDR, right? Have you heard of TLDR? You know what that means? Can you shorten it more?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love these guys. Yeah.
5: Yeah, If you don't know what it means, it means too long, Long, didn't read, read, right? So we take this long block of text. We're going to listen to it. We're going to use another strategy. We're going to listen to that long block of text. So we're not... We're not eliminating um, large vocabulary words, but then when we're going to decode those, we go over here and we summarize it to a smaller point so we can still read with our eyes and, and, but listen with our ears.
4: Thanks, Stephanie. Yeah. Third and fourth graders love escape. And it's not to say that there aren't some strategies I, we've got. We've got some strategies like creating art using Desmos. You're Average kindergartner probably would be a little bit challenged by using that particular tool to create art. We've got another strategy about using that's called a, a, a ABC brainstorming, and it's the idea of brainstorming vocabulary based on to expand vocabulary that you might be using for writing, etc. Um, you know, letters under A, B, C. I you might or might not do that at a high school level, maybe with more challenges. So it's not to say that every single strategy you would use equally across, but that the majority of the strategies in here are things that you could use truly at any grade level um, and, and to support learners um, with a wide variety of needs.
5: I think that's maybe one of the big points of why it's called inclusive, is that the idea is that you wouldn't necessarily have a, a, a learner in a segregated Classroom is the idea of bringing in everyone together in the same learning space, and then scaffolding the learning based on their abilities and their needs with the strategy that might be more universal.
3: And going back to Kevin's question too, even strategy one one twenty three is integrating scaffolded supports to improve reading comprehension. Again, that can be across all grade levels once you are working on the on the skill of of reading comprehension. So again, the strategy, and then we've got some ideas how you can. Ex- Uh, Some extension activities as well. So, lots of opportunities to really dive deeper into strategies to help all learners succeed and and promote independence.
1: All right, real quick, we're going to take a time out because before we finish up with all of you, we want to just thank our executive producers. And we want to let you know that if you get value (coughs) from the conversations that AJ and I are having with great guests like the Inclusive 365 team, And you've ever thought, gee, how can I support what they're doing with Podcast PD? Well, guess what? You can. You can become an executive producer. You can show your support on a monthly or a yearly basis. And you can support Podcast PD by going to podcastpd.com slash executive producer. If you support us uh, at any level, you will get a sticker, an exclusive one-of-a-kind Podcast PD executive producer sticker. And if you support us for a year... We will also send you the sticker and an awesome mug and an awesome podcast PD t shirt, which AJ is not wearing tonight. Normally he does, but he's not. Neither are you. I don't have the new one yet. I use that
0: money to buy yours. Happy happy birthday. I was gonna say PJ's still living he's reveling in his birthday still.
2: (laughs) Had the shirt for three months now, so early birthday
0: present, I guess.
1: Uh, so if you want to support the show and you like what we're doing, go to podcastpd.com slash executive producer. And thank you to Holly Landez, Sandy Hartman, and Stephanie Scrocky, who's here with us tonight. All right. My final question is, as I drop stuff off the desk, what, so the book has 366 as you spoiled. How many strategies didn't make it into the book? Cause I imagine there's more.
4: That's a great question.
1: Like, is there a part two coming?
4: We've been collecting things for part two. I actually, I'm a post-it note person, and I have.
1: So it's going to be a much smaller book.
4: Now, I have a wall. Like I have a wall that I get an idea for a strategy, and I write it on a post-it note and I stick it on that wall, and like it's, the wall is getting crowded. Um, and then there were some that just flat out didn't make it in.
3: Right? Like right. they didn't make yeah. the cut. For
4: sure.
5: Yeah, sometimes it was uh, too similar, so we took right. two different strategies. We're like, you know what? They're very, co- they're very similar. Let's mesh them together and rework the wording of it to to make them one. Right. Um, but could there be some sort of um, expanded version of this? It's like a fifty more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Work. Maybe, maybe if there's a Isti who's been a fabulous uh, collaborator with us for the publishing, if they see a need for it. So we need to sell more books.
3: Yeah. And the other thing, too, is if there are um, strategies that educators believe need to be in there and they see that they aren't, we're always looking for, you know, new ideas and we can come out with the, the next version.
4: And and actually on our website, so Inclusive Learning 365, no, Inclusive 365, like get your right, get your right website now. <laughs> Inclusive365.com, there's actually a place where you can add your own strategies, like could, that we are crowdsourcing strategies from um and so you're welcome thank you so much um and so you're you're more than welcome to go and 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 add your own ideas now, um, while
5: it. you're there while you're at inclusive365.com for a, for a short time just a short time only we're doing something called the wonderfully inclusive scavenger punch, or also known as wish wish wish, wish. Um, so this is, this is a uh, an event we put together in conjunction with the Inclusive Learning Playground, which is happening here at ISTE, where it's a scavenger hunt where you can go out and create some uh, artifacts and you can win some fabulous prizes. And you can learn all about that over at inclusive365.com.
4: And it's for ISTE participants and those that are not, not at, at ISTE.
5: ISTE. Hashtag not at ISTE. <laughs> Just participating. If you complete one artifact, you're going to be in the running to win some fabulous prizes. People love prizes. I, I,
1: I yeah, can't argue with that. <laughs> um, AJ, any last thoughts?
2: No, I think they were spot on with a lot of it. I think it was very helpful. and uh, I think everybody out there should go get the books. They can kind of see what they can dig into for the new year.
1: Nice. Now, for we're on our website at podcastpd.com slash 122, we're going to have links to the book and all of your socials. But for people who might not make it to our website, What's the best way they can connect with all of you collectively and individually?
4: Uh, go to inclusive365.com and you'll find all of our information there. That's probably the easiest way to find all of our information. It has our social media uh, and all of that as well. Yep.
3: And we do have, we are, have a Twitter account, Instagram, Facebook, where we're all, but we don't have TikTok, like you said, or a podcast. <laughs> Or a
4: podcast. I mean it's food for thought. I think this will be part of our discussion later this evening over dinner. We
0: got a list of things to do now. All
4: right.
0: (laughs) And I
1: do want to do you guys justice, so I'm going to for the visual, because we do things differently, pretty sure. That's the right website. There we go. There you go. Thank you. So we go. Hashtag inclusive road to (laughs) ISTI. Wish get your copy. That's the most important link on the website. (laughs) <laughs> go out and buy your copy of the book wherever you buy books and uh, I'll be a pain in Mike's neck behind the scenes to get him record the audio version. There you go. I don't know. I don't know if anybody wants that. I don't know if
0: anybody's going to pay for that, Chris. On so my audio on that, I don't know. No, that's a free giveaway. <laughs> Give <it> you <laughs> have to be free. I have to tape a dollar to it. <laughs> oh,
1: man. You guys are funny. I love this. Thank you for taking time to come on to Podcast PD with us. You know, nothing but success with the book and you know, keep doing what you're doing. And hopefully we've amplified your voices just a little bit more.
3: We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Chris and AJ. Thank you. good seeing you guys.
1: Thank you
0: for for joining us.
4: Thanks for everyone that tuned in live. That's awesome.
1: We love live. And uh, thank you to Kevin and Stephanie and Mel A for coming out, sharing some questions and comments. We certainly appreciate it. And we will see everybody on the next episode of Podcast PD. Stay tuned. Stay subscribed. Because honestly, we're still not sure what we're going to do this summer. But as long as you're subscribed, you'll know what's going on. Thank you for checking out this episode of Podcast PD. For links to everything that we discussed in this episode, you can visit the show notes at our website, podcastpd.com to connect with the show on social media we are at podcast PD on Instagram and Twitter and we share using the hashtag podcast PD to connect with AJ and myself we are on Twitter at Mr. Nessie and at AJ Bianco we would love to hear from you so please go to podcastpd.com slash feedback and send us an email send us a voice message whatever you need to do also if you enjoyed this podcast make sure you share it with somebody that you think would get value from it Word of mouth is the best way to share a podcast you enjoy, and we hope you enjoy Podcast PD. We appreciate you listening, we appreciate your sharing, and we love creating this podcast for you. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.